All right. Episode 21. We ready to do this? Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, the podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast, episode number 21. In the house, I am your host... We made it. We're legally old enough to drink beer. I mean, we've been drinking the whole time, so we're like any <laughs> other good law-abiding 21-year-old <laughs> who's been drinking beer since he was like 14. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, but we made it. We're episode 21. Episode 21. I'm your host, Rick. I'm your other host, Patrick. And we're happy to be back with you this week. We're diving into the Christmas season. It is post-Thanksgiving. We are post-Thanksgiving hangovers. We didn't really get hungover, but like food hangovers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, oh, by the way, I got us a beer for a couple of weeks. Okay. I'm have to tell you about it. I'm going to preview it. I'm not going to tell you who it's from, but it involves the name Christmas Ale. That sounds very promising. <laughs> I mean, so why would we not do it because it says Christmas Ale? Exactly. I saw it today and I almost bought it for tonight and I was like, nope, too soon. Too soon, don't jump the gun. Save yeah. it for closer to Christmas. Yeah. I I, pre- I personally appreciate that because I'm kind of a Grinch when it comes to Christmas in general. Like, the fact that our Christmas tree is up and it's December 11th, mm, I'm a little on board with. Dude. But not that much. I am the total opposite of that. I'm, yes, fully aware. You, <laughs> when did you start playing your Christmas music? Uh, October 31st. Yeah. <laughs> See, I I don't even have a Christmas playlist. Like uh, that's how non that's how grinchy I am. So nice, nice. I I deleted I've, my Christmas playlist so I could rebuild it with new songs. I've th- I thought about starting a Christmas playlist today, but I was like, no, I'll wait. <laughs> Do you just go to Spotify and be like, give me some good Christmas tunes, Spotify? Pretty much, oh. except for I use Amazon Music, so. Dude, Amazon Music is cheaper than Spotify. Well, especially it's good. I mean, especially if you already have Amazon Prime. It's true. It's, it's true. They keep, trying to lure, they keep trying to lure me in because I do have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. but I don't have Amazon Music yet. It was a little funky to figure out at first, but it looks pretty like, cool. it, I mean, it works. It, we're paying for it, so might as well. So. <laughs> might as well. Anyway, so, so welcome. Episode 21. <laughs> There's the formalities. Let's get those out of the way. Now let's yeah. talk about beer. <laughs> yes. So tonight, what do we have? Uh, what do we got going on so tonight? We have, a, we, we have a new brewery. and They're pretty popular. This this is borderline might be a pretty popular one. I don't know. I don't know how many people know, but this is Jekyll Brewing, and they're in Alpharetta, Georgia. Georgia um, coming in again. Dude, I don't know what's going on in Georgia, but you guys, you guys need to spread the love around the rest of the world because apparently, like, all of the breweries are in. I think... 
at least five breweries have been in Georgia. The classic, the the Creature Comforts was in mm-hmm. Georgia. The Left Nut was in Georgia. Yep. The what was some other Georgia brews that we've done? I'm blanking. There was a, there was a period of like two or three in a row that were all Georgia. Well, we had two from Creature Comforts. That's right. We no, had two. No, 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 no. Did we do two from Creature? I know we did the classic Sea Logger. No, we did two from another one. They're all starting to run together. They they really are. Honestly. <laughs> so tonight, accurate. So tonight we've got from the Jekyll Brewing Company an India Pale Ale. Hop dang diggity. Hop dang diggity. I always just want to say it like that. It's a Southern inspired IPA. And the more I th- the more I look at it, the more I think about it, I'm anticipating this being like your basic frat boy beer. Yeah. I, c- I could see that. Like, I don't know much about Alpharetta, Georgia, but I would venture to guess that it's it's relatively close to a couple of college towns. And, uh... It's probably it's there's, there's, there's probably some preppy kids who live in that Alpharetta's near Atlanta. There's like a billion people in Atlanta or something crazy. Yeah. So anyway, the can is um the can's not nearly as cool as some of the other cans and bottles that we've looked at the last few weeks. It kind of looks like a white claw knockoff. I could yeah. It is kind of basic. I really just bought this one for the name. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that. pretty much all I bought it for. <laughs> I mean, can I mean, simple, simple's fine. Yeah. Um, let's see, and it is an IPA. So, so we've been doing IPAs. We so we went on like a little short porter binge there with the with the no crusts and the shake chocolate porter and the vanilla mm-hmm. porter yeah now now we're two weeks back to back with ipas because last night last week the hop gun was an ipa oh, that one was so and good. now this one is an ipa that one was so good the hop gun mm-hmm. and i hope our <laughs> listeners appreciated the post with the nod to talk inverted. Gun. <laughs> i was inverted if you if you did not see the post then go follow us and then on see Instagram. the post and you'll see the post, and you can follow us at beers and Bible underscore on Instagram. Yes. So go follow us right Do now. that. Do, do it. Do it now. We want you to pause the podcast and go do that, and we will wait if you, for you to if come you back. If you don't, I'm going to send Shia LaBeouf to your house to do the little do it thing. Just please, do it. Please don't. <laughs> All right, so back to what we've actually got anyway, going on tonight. Back to beer. Jekyll Brewing. <laughs> Jekyll Brewing. So, so, uh, when I bought this, I, you know, it's an IPA, whatever. I know it's going to be a little bit bitter, but I looked up and the IBU is 74. So I'm a, I'm a little reminder, bit apprehensive. Remind our listeners what your IBU, uh, ceiling is, what you like your beers to be um, at. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to stick with below 40. Okay. Cause like, I think it was two weeks ago. You said 30. Maybe I may be pushing it up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting used to these IPAs or something, but. Yeah, and and I'm on the other. I ju- I enjoy bitter. So, um, so the can says is a southern uh, southern inspired IPA. ABV of six point seven percent. It's got the That's government good. warning. That's good to know. <laughs> Don't this drink is, alcohol, kids. <laughs> it's an independent craft beer. 
That's cool. Well, let's crack them open and see what happens. Yeah. So, here we go. One, two, three, crack. So, my house doesn't echo as good as yours does. That is going to be better. You're not going to like yeah. that. <laughs> I can smell I can smell a three or a two and a half all day long coming down the pipes. <laughs> it's amazing nice. how much better we've gotten at this, but like just off the smell of them. Yeah, I can almost tell you by the color of this thing that I'm not going to be a huge fan. Here my it's got a similar smell of Mighty Banyan. Again, yes, it does. Keep coming back to that one. That, that was think, like the first super bitter beer that I had had. Yeah. And it was... Is Mighty Banyan an IPA? I believe so. It's got, it's got a nearly identical smell. Yeah. Oh, it's a double IPA. Yeah, that's right. It was a double, double. IPA. <laughs> double IPA. So the can on this one, on the Hop, hop Dang Diggity says, our IPA was brewed to remind us of the aroma of those tall Georgia pines while the malty backbone balances everything out. This is not your standard IPA. On the website, it adds one more line. It says, hopped up like a one-legged chicken. <laughs> I can appreciate that. <laughs> All right, well. All right. Let's bottoms up this thing and... I can give it a three and we can move on. I'm about to say, are you even going to need to taste it? <laughs> just going to smell it and pour it out. <laughs> mm, that looks good and just throw it behind your back onto the floor. <laughs> oh, my wife would kill me if I did that. All right, here we go. So, here we go. One, Bottoms two, up. three. Okay. That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Maybe I'll say myself out a little bit. Okay, so <laughs> it's definitely bitter, but I wouldn't. I don't think I'd say it was a 74 IBU bitter. I don't, it's not, to me, it's not any worse bitter than the one last week. The, what's the hop gun? Yeah, the hop gun. It's not any, really any worse than the hop gun. Yeah. The taste is a little bit different than the hop gun. Yeah, it's, it's got a, it's got a mighty Banyan taste Mm -hmm. without the double IPA bitterness. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's just a regular, I say it's just a regular IPA. Yeah, IBUs on Hop Dome was 50. So, right. So that was a little bit outside of it. But this one doesn't take taste much more bitter than that one did. Mm -mm. Now, the smell on this one gives you that anticipation that it's going to be much more bitter than it actually is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what was kind of throwing us there a little bit, because we, like, we cracked the can open, and I was like, oh, goodness, like, Rick is not going to like this. <laughs> like, that that was a thought that went through my mind. I was like, you uh -huh. are, you're going to drive the others that you have at your house over to my <laughs> house tonight, because you don't want them in your house anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's not bad. I, uh, no, it's not. It's going to be in the good, not great range for me, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you go first, because I went first last week. Okay. So, um, well, I think I'm going to give this one three and a half Luthers. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's, I mean, to me, there's not much special about it. Mm -hmm. It's, um, 
it is an IPA, and you can you can tell that from the bitterness. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's still pretty smooth going down. Um, I could see this being like a dinnery beer, um, or maybe you know, uh, grilling out in the summer kind of beer. Um, but I don't think I'd be adding this one to my to my to my uh, list of go tos or anything. No. Um, I mean, that being said, I've drank like almost half of it already, so. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to go down. So yeah. it's um, it's it's good, not great. I'm going to give it three and a half liters. Three and a half. Okay. Uh, so I was going to give it three and a half until you came in at three and a half, because part of me wants to give it three and a half because it's to me it's a little bit better than a three. Hmm. Uh, but it's t- it's also not quite a three and a half. And I know we're not doing like the quarter scale or whatever. It's I got to pick one. So if I pick one, I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Um, it's you know it's a little bit maybe a smidge more bitter than the than the hop gun from last week, which the the hop gun was a little surprising to me. I was expecting it to be a little bit more, and maybe with this one, maybe I psyched myself out a little bit, thinking it was going to be more bitter than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that That's expectation of like a seventy, like I said, the website says seventy four IBUs, mm-hmm. so you're expecting it to be like making my mouth pucker. <laughs> I mean, as close to the like. We keep coming back to it, but the Mighty Banyan was is the highest yeah, it was like in eighty six. It was like eighty six or eighty nine or whatever. Yeah. So that's you know that's the measuring stick we have to go on. So you're excuse me, that was that was gross, right? I'm like, <laughs> it's a beer podcast. But I mean, so if you know that's our measuring stick, so you say you see seventy four, and I'm thinking it's got to be close to that. Yeah, we're not really sure. You know, is a Jekyll Brewing 74 as, you know, as close to a left nut 89 as we're, as we who think. Is, who is the one that determines the IBU? We've, we've got to figure this out. I don't know, but whoever that person is, because we need to, we need to meet them. And, they're almost as good as SEC refs calling plays. <laughs> they're almost as good as the football committee. <laughs> Let's just be real on this. True story. True story. <laughs> I've got some. I've got some thoughts on all that. If, if you guys want to hit us up on the Instagram or Twitter, we can discuss in the in the in the college, DMs. College football playoffs and IBUs. <laughs> Mainly because I don't want to give away too much about the teams that we pull for. Yep. Um. But yeah, this. I mean, okay. So it's not bad. It's not great. I'm with you. It's it's good, not great. It is smooth. I'll, I'll give it credit there. It is smooth. It's surprisingly um, smooth. Like yeah. like last week we had the the bitter and smooth beer. This is in the same boat almost. It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit bitter. It's not again. It's it's maybe a smidge more bitter than the hop gun, but not that much. Yeah. Um. But the I mean the flavor is just kind of. Yeah, flavor's not anything crazy. It's yeah. not like it doesn't stand out to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste different than anything else we've already reviewed. So so I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna give it three Luthers out of five. Yeah. And and it's a you know, if 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 I'm in a place and this is all there is, sure I'll have one. You know, I'll probably drink one and be done. Mm-hmm. But but I'm never gonna go buy this. I'm never gonna go order it at a restaurant, more than likely if I have to pay for it. Yeah. Um yeah, that's just, I mean, that's where I am. It's If you yeah. like IPAs, this is probably going to be good for you. Um, mm-hmm. If you like bitter beers, you're probably going to like this one. You may give it a little bit higher than I would. 
Yeah, and, but, and that's and that's where I am. That's where I came in with the three and a half Luthers. Um, I enjoy the bitter. I, I as we've established, I like bitter beers. Yeah. Um, but also on on the flip side of that coin, it's not really anything special. Not really anything to write home about. So it's just a pretty average, good, not great beer, and that's why I'm going to give it three and a half Luthers tonight. There we go. So Jekyll Brewing. We got your hey, hot dang diggity. Look, don't take it. Don't no hard feelings, Jekyll Brewing. You're in the three to four range. That is, that is a good beer. I will say this: I went to their website, and there was another beer that I want to try to find if I can find it. I haven't seen it. Let me see if I can find the name of it real fast because it looked, it looked like it would be my cup of tea. Okay. Um. Let's see here. It was in their year-round beers. They do have some fun names too. By the way, oh, they have a uh, a habanero pepper version of this beer. I bet that's amazing. Pineapple habanero hop dang diggity. Oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, this I might have had that already. It's the same IBUs. Hang on, hang on, hang on. But it is it is pineapple habanero hop dang diggity. I, I, I'm having a memory of this, but it could be pineapple. That might have been a different brewery. Now that I think about it. Okay. So, it might have been another, I think there's another brewery that has a pineapple habanero. Mm-hmm. So I'm an amber guy. I do like ambers. And they have a, a an American brown ale called Cooter Brown. I'm looking at that amazing. right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then right below that, they have one called American Amber. Mm-hmm. That's the name of that one's kind of funny. Both of those look tempting to me. And then um, the other one that looks tempting to me is the Big Creek. The Big Creek Kolsch-style beer. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks a little more pale than I would like, but I'm like, I'm like at 24 IBUs, I'm like, this is, this is I could get on to this one right now. <laughs> so it's not, because they say it's not a lager, which is different, which I'm, you know, I'm a huge lager guy. I really like lagers, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it says it's a hybrid between a lager and an ale. Yeah, which so. which it, it kind of piqued my interest when I was reading about it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. so if anyone who uh, has had any of these from Jekyll Brewing could could send us some suggestions on what what they like, I mean we'd we'd gladly we're, go try it. We're down. Uh, either, or if you want to send us some, either on the either on the podcast or not, you know, however you want to go. There you go. So, but yeah. Uh, Three from Rick, three and a half from Patrick, and uh, it's a good score. Job well done, Juggle Brewing. Job well done. It's a good score. It really is. And and knowing that I don't necessarily like IPAs, you know. Yeah, I think you're coming around on the IPA train, though. I I am a little bit. I I mean, I used to avoid them like the Black Plague, but but uh, I'm I'm coming around a little bit. So I mean, we've had. We've had a fair share of them on here on the we podcast have. so far. I was, I'm looking back through some of the ones that we've done. The the Hop Gun was an IPA. The Flesh and Blood was an IPA. Mm. The Mighty Banyan was an IPA. The Flesh and Blood was the other one in a can that we couldn't remember from last week. Yeah, yeah. So the ones that we've done from Georgia, we did uh, we did Classic City Lager was a Creature Comfort from Georgia. Mighty Banyan was Left Nut. It was from Georgia. The Cotillion. We did two slow pours. That's the one we did two of. Oh, uh, that's the one we did two of. That's right. Somebody sent them to us. So Cotillion right. was gross. 
and Kotillion tasted like mop water. Kotillion, <laughs> yeah, tasted like mop water. And Lager Jamming was the other from Slowport Brewing, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of an amber style, and then we then we jumped into then we jumped into Oktoberfest stuff. So yeah. So there's a there's what we've done. So there's, far, there's the, a brief, the Georgia ones. There's a brief synopsis of of the beers that we've drank from. <laughs> From Georgia, so <laughs> if you're just now getting on the train of the Beers and Bible podcast, there's every beer we've drank in Georgia since we started this thing. So, so Georgia's Georgia's gotten at least twenty percent of our business. <laughs> oh man! Well, let's move on to concise theology. Let's talk about profits. We're going to talk about profits tonight. Um, I wish we could have our friend Benny Benny Hen back on, but yes, we could maybe we, we could slick a prophecy out of him or something. Uh, but alas, we're just going to dive into uh, Packers' profits and concise theology. And we are back. We're going to dive right into J.I. Uh, Packer and concise hey, theology. Wait, wait, I have a prophecy from the Lord. Okay, well, I'm going to prophesy doubt, right now. I doubt that Alabama very much. is not going to win the national championship this year. Well, that is a. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how prophecy works. So, so tonight we're, we're, ta- we're talking about football. Yeah, so tonight we're talking about profits, um, not money, but messengers. Yes. So, um, profits are messengers that God sent to declare his will on his people and for his people and to kind of be the mouthpiece of God, especially in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the channels of revelation is something that Packer, Packer you know, kind of described them to be. So um, prophets, especially in our, maybe it's, maybe it's a Western thing, Western church thing, I don't know, but um, not really something that's, fully understood or easy to understand. So um, I know that there's a lot of prophets in the Old Testament, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot of it going on in the New Testament, unless you talk about Revelation, which we'll get to a little bit later. But um, there's just a... It's, it's this weird thing where God chooses men... Um, in the Old Testament, he chooses men to be his mouthpiece for his people. Yes. Well, and, and so, so, kind of, kind of one of the one of the big things around prophets is is this one of the offices of in in Judaism. So you have three specific offices in in Judaism in the Old Testament and the the development of the Judaistic religion. Uh, you have the the prophet, the priest, and the king. Mm-hmm. So. In the Old Testament, typically somebody would only fulfill one of those roles. They would either be a prophet, a priest, or a king. So you have, like, the Levites are all priests. Uh, they filled the priestly order and all that kind of stuff. And then you have um, the Mikkel Zedekian, i got to be careful how I say that, um, priestly order. And um, and if somebody – so I'm trying to remember exactly how, how it would work, but – like there were times when somebody could fill two roles and they would be like uh, a prophet and a priest at the same time. And that mm-hmm. would be the order of Melchizedek. Um, 
And and the only person in all of the Bible who fulfills all three roles is the person of Jesus. Right. And so that's why he's like, he's kind of the finality of all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the culmination of all of everything that comes into the, comes from the Old Testament. So he fulfills the role of prophet. He fulfills the role of priest and he fulfills the role of king in all of his work and all of his ministry. He does all of those things. Yeah. And so, so you end up with, with this whole, uh, concept that that everything is finished and when it's all finished then then you know now we have a new high priest and so jesus is and you talk then you get into the book of hebrews and jesus is our new high priest right but let's stick strictly let's go back to the old testament just kind of kind of focus on that a little bit yeah um in the old testament prophets like you said they they would kind of be the mouthpiece of god um and the god god would speak through them so if you've ever read ezekiel or jeremiah um, or any of the major or minor, the minor prophets are kind of fun to read uh, mm-hmm. because they always they always have like weird things to say. <laughs> the guys like Joel and and Nahum and uh, Habakkuk, uh, they always have kind of kind of strange things to say, and you're like, are you are you on drugs? Sometimes you know it's, but but you you end up with this this idea that that they knew. Um, that they were the mouthpiece of God. And so, you know, they would mm-hmm. always come, come in with like, this is the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Yeah. They they would, when they started speaking, they would say, you know, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith or, the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's really kind of, I think about it. Like, you know, just so y'all know, I'm not saying this, but God is, but y'all are really screwing this up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of like that's kind of the overarching theme of all of prophet all the prophets yeah. in the old testament <laughs> yeah being for, for for the record being a prophet in the old testament was not glamorous oh it was no not, not at all you know this don't think like kenneth copeland and joel olstein here we're, we're talking like you know the the scum of, because you're literally telling people what they're doing wrong on a daily basis like that's your job yeah yeah <laughs> So God has chosen these guys to do, you know, to be the, his mouthpiece for the nation of Israel. And he's telling them, look, Israel needs to be doing this, 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 and this, and not do this, this, and this. And so, you know, the prophets go before Israel and, um, the prophets go before Israel and say, look, God said, this is what the Lord says, do this, this, and this, and don't do this and this. And then Israel does the opposite of what they're supposed to do because that's Israel's MO pretty much. So, and then God comes back to the prophets and says, look, Israel didn't do this. So now I'm going to judge Israel and the prophets have to intercede on behalf of the nation and say, wait, 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 let's, let's try again. And so he goes back to, they, he goes back to Israel and says, okay, God, seriously, this time God said, <laughs> <laughs> let's do this and not do this and see, and, Maybe that'll work out for everybody. So it's a, it's a weird thing to think about prophets because, you know, like you said, in our, in, in where we are, guys like Joel Osteen come to mind and yeah, people who claim to have these like revelations from the Lord. Kind yeah, of we thing, think, so. we think prophets are fortune tellers. You know, we think mm-hmm. prophets are supposed to tell us what a great life we're going to have and, and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And, and, you know. That's what, I mean, that's just, that's what we equate with prophecy. 
And that's not what prophecy is in the Bible. You know, prophecy in the Bible is the direct word of God. So realistically, the closest thing you have to prophecy is your Sunday morning teaching. Yeah. Like that's the closest thing you have to prophecy. Yeah. And and so if you look at if you look at prophecy, and we'll let's skip down to the New Testament now for a second. So if you skip down to and think think New Testament wise, um, prophecy is a gift that is for the edification of the church. So if your pastor or your teacher is not teaching the Bible and edifying the church with his teaching, mm-hmm. then then he's not correctly prophesying the word of God. Uh yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so you know, think about, all right, so let's let's use the example that we've mentioned. Think about Joel Osteen. Everything that Joel Osteen is teaching, you know, you're great, you're wonderful, God loves you, uh, you know, and, and, and while some of that might be true, yes, it might be true that God loves you. That doesn't mean that you're great and you're wonderful and you can do whatever you want to do and just God, you know, God wants to be your genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. It just means that God, or let me back up here. So it doesn't mean that God wants to be your genie in a bottle. It means that God has a word for you, and his word is written down in the word of God. Right. And if your pastor is not preaching directly from the word of God and telling you the things that are from the word and explaining the things of the word of God, then your pastor is not prophesying to you. And, and yeah. uh, you know, that, that may sound weird, but your pastor is not teaching you the word of God. So mm-hmm. your pastor is not doing what the prophets did in the Old Testament and saying, thus says the Lord. Yeah, laying it out. Yeah, and and the difference between our pastors now in 21st century versus Old Testament is we have the word of the Lord written down. Mm -hmm. Prophets of the Old Testament, I mean, it could be a a disadvantage to them, but they had the advantage of hearing directly from God the the words that needed to be said to Israel. So, I mean— their prophecies came, became the revelation of God. Yeah. Like, it became scripture. Mm-hmm. And and typically, their prophecies are, like, predictions of judgment and warning. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Israel, if you don't, if you don't shape up, some bad stuff's about to happen. Yeah. So you better <laughs> shape up. It's, that's pretty much the theme of the Old Testament, is, yeah. especially in, in, the, in the prophets, is get your act together or some... Some serious stuff. Some serious, you know what is about to go down. So (laughs) it is going to hit the fan, literally. Yes, (laughs) it's the eleventh plague. (laughs) Oh man! So 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 yeah. When we when we talk about prophecy, you you have to get past this idea that that prophecy is always about you know predicting the future. Uh, because maybe maybe there was an aspect, an element of that in in the Old Testament, because Scripture had not been written, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 it always like this goes back to I don't think I may have said it on here before, but like when somebody comes to me and says says I got a word from the Lord for you, I'm like, great, what Scripture verse is it? And and yeah. they always look at me with this like stunned look of what do you mean with, with yeah. scripture? I'm like I'm like well there's nothing new outside of scripture. So if you got a word from the Lord, then you read a passage of scripture and it reminded me, reminded you of me somehow. And so I want to hear it. I want to hear you mm-hmm. know what reminded you of me in scripture yeah. so that I can know how I can read that and I can apply that scripture to my life. Yeah. And people, you know, people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I, I think of, I think a prophecy in the old Testament is much less more, is much less about telling the future as it is, you know, 
saying, you know, these are the ramifications if you continue down this mm-hmm. path yeah. kind of thing. Well, it, it is, it's almost like the prophets, you know, God is telling the prophets, hey, give Israel a chance to get their stuff together or this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's, it's not necessarily like this is for sure going to happen. Now, there, there, are, there are aspects of that, you know, um, I think like the plagues. Are, are a good example of that. I'm not yeah. sure. When you talk about when you talk about uh, the plague, you talk about God hardening Pharaoh's heart. Mm-hmm. So it's like God knew that that He was going to harden Pharaoh's heart, and He knew that those plagues were going to take place. But He still commanded Moses to go, and and then yeah. it shows an act of obedience on on Moses's part to mm-hmm. to go and do that. And and uh, if I remember right, I'm gonna have to go back and look at Exodus. But there are times where where God even tells Moses. I'm going to harden mm-hmm. Pharaoh's heart, yep. but you mm-hmm. still got to go do it. Yeah, like you still have to go do this thing. So that's that's the aspect of prophecy that, that, especially when we think about pastors today, you know, there's some stuff in the Bible that pastors don't want to teach. There's some stuff in the Bible that's kind of, Ooh, I don't want to say that because it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to digest. It's hard to teach. It's hard to learn. It's hard to apply to our lives because we're broken and simple people, mm-hmm. and so we just avoid it. But you know. Think about Moses. What if Moses would have been like, "Yeah, God, you're going to harden his heart anyway. So why don't I just lay back and let you do the plague?" And and then I mean, you know, and, and, over. as as a human in Moses's eyes, like if if going to Pharaoh's if going to Pharaoh wasn't going to bring about any change at all anyway, then it, you know, outside of being disobedient to God, it makes sense to not go. Yeah. You know, it's it's only why would why would I try to move a mountain if I know the mountain's not going to move? Exactly, exactly. You know, and and then and then I think about so I think about and apply this to today. How many times do we do we pray for people to be healed from cancer or people to be healed from from specific diseases that uh, you know that they don't get healed from on the earth? Mm -hmm. They don't get healed from here yeah but but we all you know we all we all say the ultimate healing comes when they when they go to be with jesus and, yeah. and that that is true that is absolutely 100 percent true but think about you know if moses wouldn't have gone through and if moses wouldn't have obeyed the lord and gone through and seen through all of the times that he was supposed to go to pharaoh and say let my people go we would have never ended up at the passover now think mm-hmm. about all of the that the passover shows us about the person in the work of christ you know all the way down to the, the, the time that you have to view the lamb, the lamb has to be spotless. It has to be a specific type of lamb. Uh, all of these things that point directly to the person of Christ. And we would not have the feast of Passover, would not have uh, Moses just been like, eh, I don't really want to go to Pharaoh today. I'm just going to lay back and, and you, you know, you can do the plague or whatever, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if that wouldn't have happened, maybe we wouldn't end up with the Passover today. And we wouldn't end up with that beautiful illustration of what Christ was going to do. Um, you know, it even goes down to, when you talk about Passover, it goes down to uh, they cannot break any bones of the lamb's body anywhere to, to in order to cook it. And then you talk about Christ on the cross not having his, bro- his bones broken. None of his bones were broken. All of that is a is a specific prophecy that is saying, there's somebody who's coming who's going to fulfill all of this, and when he does, he's going to be the perfect fulfillment of this uh, of this Passover celebration, and 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 that's what prophecy does is it edifies us to the point where we can um, see what God is doing in our lives. So if if prophecy is to edify us, that's what 
I mean, that's really what the role of a of a pastor or a teacher or somebody is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, In our it's, it's to edify us to be as much like Jesus as we can be. Are we going to fail? Yes, a hundred times, a thousand times daily. But at the end of the day, you know, our pastors and our teachers and modern day prophets, if you want to call them that, their job is to edify and build up the church to say, this is what God says from his word. We should follow and obey this as as well as we can. And if you're not, I'm going to call it, I'm going, I should call you out on that. Yeah. And then encourage you to correct. And, and that was really the chief concern of the prophets was to mm-hmm. encourage Israel to repent of their sins, to repent of their wickedness, to when they created false idols or bowed down before, um, you know, anything that wasn't God in the prophets, they, they were hoping to get Israel to repent so that God wouldn't judge them. Yeah. You know, so, um, it, it's this, you know, it's a very important role that I really feel like isn't really explained very well. It, it, not, it, at least, at least in, Western church, I can't speak for the church as a whole yeah, why yeah. I'm sure there are, you know, examples where prophecy is taught very well, yeah. um, maybe even in the Western church, but at least in the churches I've been a part of, it's not particularly taught well. Yeah. And it's, it's really not, I mean, we, we think of the pastor as somebody who's supposed to, you know, deliver a, a fire message that, that just challenges us and makes us growing our faith and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and while all of those platitudes are true, you know, a, a, a message should challenge us, a sermon should challenge us, and it should make us grow in our faith. But the reason that it should make us grow in our faith is not because the pastor came up with some whiz-bang, you know, uh, alliteration to help us, you know, remember to, you know, apply John four seventeen. you know. Yeah, I, I mean, um, it, it should be because the pastor is speaking truth from god's word that we're applying to our lives yeah and if and if a pastor gets up there and exegetes a a passage of scripture explains the passage of scripture you know earlier earlier we talked about the difference between exegesis and eisegesis and when you exegete a passage you explain the passage you teach it exegetically um versus if you eisegete a passage you isolate that passage and make it kind of contort it to, to fit whatever topic you want to fit it into for that day or for that week or, you know, I'm sure a to huge fit, thing. To fit whatever agenda that you have. Exactly. And and we're in the month of December, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pastors who are like, you know, doing the whole Christmas-themed messages over the month of December. And, and, and I you know, there will probably be some pastors who will take passages of Scripture and just kind of, Isogene them out of out of context mm-hmm. just to fit whatever it is they want to teach about scripture, whether it's you know, um, you know, don't get caught up on gifts or don't get caught up on that or don't get caught up in the commercialism and all of those things. They're good, but you can find a better way to teach God's word to people. Yeah, yeah. You know? If if, you, if you're choosing to teach a series on Christmas this time of year, for example, then maybe teach the Christmas story. Yeah through like yeah, maybe teach, maybe teach, through, teach the nativity stories yeah teach through luke. luke chapters one and two yeah you know teach through it and, and talk about how the incarnate for all of that teach through john chapter one 
you know, when, mm-hmm. and, and get to the, the John one fourteen, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, that, if that's not the Christmas story, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, so teach all of that, that kind of stuff and teach passages of scripture that your people can take home and chew on for an entire week and come back refreshed and wanting more of it next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, shoot, you know, if you can get your church to chew on it for an afternoon, <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a big step for a lot of, yeah. a lot of teaching. So, yeah. And, and, and this is why I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of ex what we call exegetical teaching, which is just taking <clears throat> most guys who do this teach a book of the Bible at a time. They start mm-hmm. at chapter one and they teach through the entire book until that book is done. Yeah. Um, you know, and John, how, however long it takes. Yeah. I mean, John Piper spent nine years teaching the book of Romans to his church. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for a pastor to think about a nine year sermon series, Oh my Lord, they would all lose their mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but that's what he did. And, and realistically, when you do that, your people end up with a better understanding of the, the whole concept of the word of God. Exactly. When you, teach, when you teach the word of God that way. And that's what you're doing when you are fulfilling that role of prophet. Yeah. You are proclaiming the word of God. So, so in the old Testament, it was prophets. It was God sent his messengers to declare his word. That's what you're doing on Sunday morning. In the new Testament, you have the word, uh, angelos, which means messenger and angels would often bring the message of the Lord. Um, but, but we don't have to rely on angels and we don't have to rely on prophets anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they, you know, that doesn't say that angels don't work, but it's just, they have a different role now because we have the complete and undefiled word of God. We have it from Genesis to revelation. So there's no reason for us to go outside of it or, or think that somebody has to come up with something new or that the canon is not closed or anything like that, because we have the full word of God in a second Timothy 316 teaches us mm-hmm. that word of God is Absolutely. capable to, to rebuke, to teach, to, to grow the person of God in their walk with Christ. And so, yeah. so that's what prophets and prophecy really kind of hinge on. Yeah. I went on a little diatribe there for a second. It's okay. <laughs> it's one, it's, it's one of those things like there and, and, Andy Stanley said it years ago, and it bugged me when he said that, like, preaching exegetically is cheating. And I'm like, no, preaching exegetically is hard, and, and that's why you don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was thinking about it, too. Like, if you're if you're in a church that's preaching exegetically through books of the Bible, like, in your lifetime, you're probably not going to get a message on every verse of the Bible. No, no, but, but you're going to have as much as you can but, faithfully. But you're, but you're also going to have a much... As a church member, you're going to have a much better understanding mm-hmm. of that chapter, of Romans, of Acts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the books are, you're going to have a much better understanding of, well, of, of that chapter's story and then also how it connects through with other, you know, with the rest of Scripture. Yeah. And if your people are studying the Word of God also then more than likely they're studying either the same book that you're teaching or they're mm-hmm. maybe studying a book in parallel. And so they're learning how scripture really works together as a whole, mm-hmm. not isolating, you know, the book of revelation out of all of scripture and yeah. you know, just thinking about all the weird things that happen in revelation, but teaching how revelation relates to Daniel, teaching how revelation relates to Matthew 25 Teaching how Revelation relates to Genesis, yeah. for that matter. You know, mm-hmm. how all of this stuff comes together 
and we view scripture as this one large book that that has this overarching theme of creation mm-hmm. fall redemption and consummation yeah i mean um, it's it's a co- it's a cohesive work i mean yeah. from from genesis 1 to the end of revelation it's by multiple authors over 2000 years yeah i mean it's all it's all cohesive it's all unified it, its story is is consistent throughout and there's no reason to believe that what was what was true 2000 years ago or longer when it was written it's not true today exactly so it all hinges on prophecy yeah and prophets teaching the word of god faithfully Mm -hmm. so if you're a pastor i hope i look i'm i'm not coming down on you pastor if if you're a pastor and you're listening to this i i just you know this is one of the things that i'm i'm passionate about because you know i feel like for so long the people of god have just kind of been treated like they they don't know any better you know, mm-hmm. pastors have done these these topical style sermons for so long that it's like, you know, oh, the people of God aren't smart enough to get the deep things of this, you know, what I'm going to teach them. No, teach them. Teach them, yeah. pastor. It's, it's going to be okay. They can yeah. handle it. They can learn it. And and, um, and, and, and and there's, you know, how else are they going to get the knowledge? How else are they going to yeah. get smart enough if you're not willing to, and, to step out and say, you know what? I don't know if you're going to understand this because I don't really understand it, but this is what the Word of God says, and here we go. Well, even even still, if if you're if you're a trained pastor and you and you've thought about this and and maybe you do understand it and you teach it to your people, what a great opportunity for your people to go, man! I really didn't understand that. Can we spend some more time on that? Can mm-hmm. you teach that a little bit more mm-hmm. um, for you to get feedback from your people so that you can shepherd them well, yeah. so that you can pastor them well, and, yeah. And, and show them what it's like to, to wrestle with a passage of scripture because the reality is, Pastor, you probably didn't understand it the first time either. I know I'm that I'm that way. You know, when I study a passage of scripture, I don't always understand it the first time. Some of them are for are a little bit easier than others, some of them are not. You mm-hmm. know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, God wants me to have all things that he wants me to have. You know, no, that's but not Jeremiah what Jeremiah ten and <laughs> Jeremiah twenty nine, ten and twelve tell you you can be in exile. So there you go. You know But I mean you're right. I mean the role of a pastor is to shepherd his flock well, you know, exactly. to, is to lead his family well, is first and foremost. If a mm-hmm. pastor isn't doing that in his own home, I'm going to have a hard time following him as a church member. Mm-hmm. But then shepherd the flock well, teach them the hard stuff. If you don't understand mm-hmm. it, be open and say, hey, look, I don't understand this. Let's dive into this together and figure it mm-hmm. out. And be willing, like, don't be so quick. You know, a lot of churches are very driven by scheduling. And driven mm-hmm. by, you know, you know, in January we got to do this, in February we got to do this, and we're doing this in the summer, and and it's. I'm not saying don't plan. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you know, ha- allow yourself some flexibility to where if you get to the end of a series and feel like you didn't do a good job wrapping it up, put stuff off a week. There's no shame. Yeah. In, there's no shame yeah. in any of that. I don't think. Um, I'm sure someone will disagree with me on that, but. Well, come at me, if, bro. <laughs> if your if your people don't understand what you're teaching them, what's the point of teaching them? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you know? you're you're just sound going off. You're Charlie Brown's teacher. Wow, 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 wow. Exactly. <laughs> and I can't wait to listen to that with the modulation of your voice on it. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would yeah. be amazing. So, well, there's prophets. Yeah, it was. Um, it, we it's may a, have deviated from the topic a little bit, but but yeah, in in you know, it's all kind of related. Prophets in Scripture, I mean, when when the Scripture says prophets, they 
sort of mean pastor. It sort mm-hmm. of means pastor. Um, because prophets are just those who are proclaiming the word of God, and that's yeah. what your pastor on Sundays yeah. sh- or whatever you're meeting should be doing. They should be opening yeah. God's word and saying, This is what the word of God says. Exactly. So, that's a good discussion. It's it um, a good discussion. It's, uh, again, something that's not really talked about much. So No. So, if you want to follow us on the interwebs, you can hit us up on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. Or the Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your uh, any questions you have, discussion that you want to have, complaints, beer suggestions. Um, we want to hear it all. Yeah. Let us have it. We're not against, we're not going to back down from confrontation. Nope. We might be a little passive-aggressive, but that's okay. <laughs> but we're going to be honest about it up front. We're, so. we're at least going to be honest about it. So, so well, hey, we want you to have a good week. Go mm-hmm. enjoy some, some good cold beer yeah. this week. Get, get, get you me. some hot dang diggity if you can. Get you some. If you like IPAs, have at it. Do yeah, it. it's it's not a bad one. It's, I mean, it's been a while since I finished mine, so there you go. Um, it's good. Good stuff. So, until next time on the Beers Bible Podcast, peace out. See you later. You enjoyed what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.